inside each classroom, praying for unity, Lord, in the church, that we can all get back to you, Lord, as one body as the Bible calls us to be. Lord, at this time, we invite you to come in and let us feel your presence round about us and anyone that's watching on social media, surround them, Lord. Let them feel your presence. Let them feel the love of your son, Jesus Christ. Let them feel the Holy Spirit as it rolls through this place and into their place and fills their heart with love, Lord, the unity of love. Lord, touch all those that are watching and all those that are here. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Unity, unity, unity. That's what we'll be speaking about today. We're going to be talking about unity, excuse me. 
We're going to be talking about unity in Christ. We're going to be talking about unity in the church. We're going to be talking about unity in families. And we'll just cover some unity things. First of all, I want to make a couple of announcements. Starting to, again tomorrow, next week is every week, we're going to be doing our daily fire. And we do that Mondays through Wednesdays at 11 a.m. and also on Friday. We usually don't do one on Thursday because we have our Thursday night thunder in Tennessee, Thursday night at 7 o'clock. So there's another thing. Sunday mornings at 11 o'clock, we do our Sunday morning thing. We started the other day as we're out, we're talking to people, we're witnessing, we're calling it witnessing in the wilderness. And later on this spring and summer, we're going to try to get out and do it more in the evenings and as a whole group, not just my wife and, and one or me and one, just try to go out as a group and, you know, we invite, you know, people to come and listen and we're going to just go out and try to spread the word of Jesus Christ to those in the street. Um, you know, we're going to do all that. Then April the 1st through 3rd, we're going to be at the V.O. Dobbins Complex in Kingsport, Tennessee. We're having a guest speaker. Apostle Tiffany Blackwell will be there to bring the Word of God to speak and, you know, to pray over people and to, to you know, pray, pray and prophesy. We're going to just have a good time in the Holy Spirit those three nights. We're leading up into Easter, and then Easter Sunday we'll be going to do our Facebook Live here. I'll be doing that. Um, and uh, if you want to contact us for prayer, go ahead and do it. You can do it right now. You can write on the comments section. Write on the comments section and let us know where you're at, who you are. And, uh, you know, it, and like and share these videos. If you're watching this on YouTube, subscribe or go to YouTube and subscribe. Uh, many of our social media platforms, whether it's YouTube, Twitter, uh, Facebook, Instagram, go check us out on all those. Like and share these videos. That's a way to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, to spread the good news. Also, if you'd like to sow into our ministry to help us with these events and, you know, our expenses for the meet, for the ministry or for tithing or whatever, feel free to do so. There you go to PleasantFamilyMinistry.org and just click on the sew button there. And you can also contact Pleasant Family Ministry on Facebook or you can contact Craig Pleasance on Facebook as well. That's done. Now, unity. Unity in Christ. That's what I want to talk about. I want to start by reading Ephesians chapter 4. And this was Paul while he was in prison in Rome. And he writes, Therefore, chapter 1, this is reading out of the King James Version, Therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that ye walk worthy of your vocation wherever ye are called, with all lowliness and meekness and longsuffering for bearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit inbound of peace. Therefore, there is one body and one spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all, who is above all and through all in you. Paul was in prison knowing he was going to be killed, I'm sure. And he was worried about the unity in the church. He was worried about people kind of getting out of line or going the wrong direction. And he was telling them, you know, stay in your vocation of where you were called. Stay doing what you're doing. Stay in the spirit. 
You know, Christian responsibility. One Christian responsibility is keep unity in the spirit. Let the spirit throw, flow through each and every individual, through each and every church, through each and every denomination. Let the spirit of the Holy Spirit flow through us that connects us and ties us together in unity as one. But he goes on to say, but whosoever, but who, but unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captive, captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now that he, now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth. He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above the heavens that he might be filled all things. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fulfillment. The second part is about our abilities. We're supposed to use our abilities no matter what our calling, whatever our gift is, what we've been called into. And listen, you may not be called to be behind the pulpit. You may not be called to be in the worship group. You may not be called to be behind the piano or the guitar. You may be called to be behind the camera. You may be called to, you know, plan things. You may be called to cut the grass, to clean the bathrooms, but you'll have a vocation and God will call you and use you. But that doesn't mean you're stuck in that. God can move you up. The closer we dive into God and the closer relationship we get with God and the more we study and more we learn, the more he can move us up. You get in what you put out. When you get out what you put in, you know, but you're called into a vocation and be happy with what God's called you to do. Number 14, that we henceforth be no lot more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and the cunning craftiness whereby they lie and wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. We are supposed to not just get caught up in every doctrine, every new fad, every new thing that comes along. We're supposed to be focused on the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what it's all about. It's all about Jesus. It's not about who has the best worship music or who has the loudest preacher or who has the best preacher or who has this or who has that. It's about the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's not about the show, the glitz, the glamour. It's about the gospel. And that's what we're supposed to be striving to follow. Not to follow some man-made doctrine that just entertains us. Listen, the worship music is great. You know, praise is my weapon. Worship is my warfare. I'm all into that. I, we just prayed and worshiped here for an hour before the service started. And before that, I was here 
praying by myself and, and just getting in, connecting with God with music and with prayer. That's all welcome. That's all worth. That's all worthy to do. We need to do these things. But we have to not just chase after what feels good because sometimes in a message, you might get chastised a little bit. You might be told something you don't want to hear because the Holy Spirit will do that. He will reveal to you yourself. And when we get ourselves revealed to us, sometimes we don't like it, so we want to go listen to that preacher that's preaching to those itchy ears that just want to hear the good stuff. Well, listen, there's nothing, nothing, nothing greater than hearing the good stuff that God's got for us. There's nothing greater than hearing that I'm going to live for eternity with Jesus Christ. There's nothing better than hearing that I can receive the gifts of the Spirit. There's nothing better than any of that. Salvation is the greatest gift of God. But listen, don't just strive after the other things. Oh, the you know the the soft the soft cushions at the at the church. I've been to churches with wooden benches and got more out of it. I've been to churches with folding chairs. I've been to churches in houses. I'm holding an online service right now in a house with people here. Talking to people all over. It's not about what's going on. We play our music on a, on a, on a uh, speaker system. We don't have a live entertainment group here tonight. This morning. But it's all about the gospel. That's what we got to get back to. One another loving on each other through the teachings of Jesus Christ. To finish up it says, From whom the whole body fits jointly together, compacted by the by that which supply joint supplies according to the different working in the measures of every part, making increase of the body into the edifying of itself in love. We need to continue to grow as one another in one another, helping each other, lifting each other up. It says over here that, you know, some were apostles, some were prophets, some were... For the perfecting of the saints, for the lifting up and the edifying of the church, for building up together. He didn't make people an apostle or a prophet or an evangelist or a preacher or a teacher to hoard over people or to lord over people and to tell people how wrong they are. No, he made us who we are to lift you up. When I used to preach at our church, I had a church in Virginia, and I took the podium down eventually because it started, the Lord told me one night, I preached a sermon and I used that verse, and I thought, you know what, I don't want to be up here above the people no more. So I started preaching down on their level. I wasn't yelling at them anymore from up above them. I was equal with them. I was down telling them what the good Lord had told me to tell them. And that's how I preach. But you know, that doesn't mean everybody has to do that. Some people might want to be up higher. Some people might want to be down lower. Some people might want to sit down. Some people might want to stand up. I tend to like to walk a lot. Some people like to just sit still. I like to lean. That's why my son and me built this old altar here, so I can lean on something. Sometimes I, my old bones, I just can't stand. But you know what? If somebody wants an altar like this, or if they want just a regular pole, Whatever it takes to preach the gospel. And as the body of Christ, we need to get along and say, Hey, I don't go to see the altar. I don't go to see the pole. I don't go to see this table they sit behind. I go to get the word of God so that I can hear what any preacher, any pastor is saying 
and I can take it out and tell someone, and we can spread this gospel of Jesus Christ to make our family bigger so that we can keep glorifying God, glorifying God, and grow the kingdom like we're called to do in the Great Commission to go and tell, to preach the word. That's what we're called to do, and we need to do it in unity. I'm going to give you some verses. Psalms 33, 1 says, Behold, how good and how pleasant is it for brethren to dwell together in unity. David said, how good and how, and how pleasant. Good and pleasant is it to dwell together in unity. Everybody worshiping Jesus Christ, everybody striving to get everybody saved, everybody worshiping, praise and worship, the music's playing and everybody's into the music. And listen, nobody's thinking about what this person's wearing or what that person's wearing or what color their hair is or whether they got a suit and tie in. They're locked in in the spirit with the music and they're waiting to hear the word from the person speaking and they just get into it and they just feel that power and they feel the Holy Spirit fall on them in unity how pleasant it is to dwell together in unity whether it's in a mega church or in a house whether it's in a, a revival a camp meeting or whether it's at a park somewhere or a prayer meeting as long as we're dwelling together in unity in Christ that's what it's all about when Jesus prayed in John 17 he said to the Lord he says John 17 21 that they all he was speaking of the disciples that they all be one as your father and me as the father and me and I in thee, that they also be one with us. He was saying, Father, Lord, as me and you are one, let them be joined in unity with us. Let them become part of this body, the three body, the body, the, the, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, all one. And Jesus was asking, let all the disciples Take part of this. Let them become part of this body. Let them become part. Let them become one with us. That they may, that that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. Acts 2 1, it says, all with one accord together in unity. They were all together that day of Pentecost together in unity and because of that unity and for being obedient because Jesus told them to go there because of that fire fell as cloven tongues and they begin to speak in other languages together in unity worshiping praising and and they went out and Peter spoke Peter spoke and preached in Acts 432 it says and the multitude of them that believed, the multitude that believed, were of one heart and one soul, all part of one body. So see, it transcended. Jesus made that prayer. He was talking about all of his children because he, Peter said, receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And this gift is to your children. We are all partakers and we all become children of 
are heirs to the throne through the blood of Jesus Christ that he shed on the cross at Calvary. And because of this, we, can, we should be in unity because we're all one body. We need to get that through our heads. We're not all this denomination or that denomination. We don't all do everything exactly the same, but we're all part of the body of Christ. Romans 12, 4 and 5 says, We have many members in one body. So we being many are one body in Christ. And every one are members. One are of another. Listen, when we had our church, or anybody that has a church, or even here, the people that are here, we're members of a body of Christ. It doesn't make a difference. I used to say in my pulpit in Virginia, I used to tell people we have no membership. We have family ship. If you come to my church one time, you never have to come back. Take what you hear and go and tell. But I always told them, you're always family. You're always welcome. And to this day, I still talk to those people. I still pray for those people. I still pray whether they still write me. We still commune because we're family. All part of one goal to serve and to seek God daily. We're all looking for God daily. Titus 3, 8, and 9 says, This is a faithful saying, that these things I will that thou affirm constantly, that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. These things unto good and profitable to men are good and profitable to men. Good works are good and profitable to men. But it goes on to say, but avoid foolish questionings and genealogies and contentions and strivings about the law, for they are unprofitable and vain. If it ain't about Jesus, it ain't worth it. If it ain't about salvation, don't worry about it. But you know the enemy. He loves to see us argue. He loves to see us fight. He loves to see him take down. He wants to take down Christians. He knows he's fighting a lost battle, but he can still steal souls. He can still take your soul and send you and, and take you to hell with him. He's not going to be no big king in hell. He's going to be burning just like you. But he wants to take as many as him, as God's people with him or as, or as many people with him as he can. And how does he do this? He causes discord in the family. He causes discord at work. He causes discord at school. He, he causes discord in the church. Listen, he causes discord because that's the only way he can get in is to get into your mind. Now, oh, I'm saved and... You know, I can't be upset, obsessed, but you can be oppressed. He can whisper in your ears, listen, I am a born-again Christian, but when I was younger and thought I was born again, he still had me. He lived in the dark crevices of my mind, and he told me what to do. When I had him cast out, when I accepted Jesus Christ truly as my Lord and Savior and gave myself to him completely and truly, I was no longer obsessed by the devil. But I was oppressed because he still comes and still tries to 
to, to do things to every one of us. A.A. A. Allen was a great preacher and a great healer, and yet he tells in his book about a secret sin that him and his Lord had to work on together. Here's some other things. People in certain places, they, they worry about how other people dress. Oh, look at him up there in cowboy boots and no necktie preaching in a basement. I'm preaching to God. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Oh, look at their hair. It's different colored or it's cut funny or it's got braids or it's got spikes or, 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 or it's bald or it's long or it's short. They're praising God. They're worshiping God. They're not looking at your hair. You wouldn't see their hair if you was watching the preacher. You wouldn't see that he didn't have a necktie if you were watching the preacher. You wouldn't notice the way they were dressed if you were listening to the word. Their clothing. Oh, no, they worship in an old building used to be a store. They don't have a steeple. They don't have a church in a parking lot. They don't have pews. They have a folding chair. Oh, they have a coffee shop in their basement. Oh, they have a coffee shop in the other room. Oh, they allow people to drink coffee where they preach. They do this. They do that. And all that you're doing is falling for the devil's lies. Listen. Jesus fed the people that came to listen to him speak. He didn't say, y'all go down on this other place. I'm preaching the Sermon on the Mount. Y'all got to go sit in the valley. Y'all got to go sit somewhere else while I'm preaching. He preached. Read Matthew 5, 6, and 7. He preached. The gospel of Jesus Christ is what's important. Not how they're dressed. Not where they worship. As long as they're preaching the good news of Jesus Christ, I don't care if... I preached the other morning in a food line parking lot. Not really appropriate, I guess, to some, but I tell you what, the people I talked to, they enjoyed it. My wife preached the other morning to a gentleman in a store. Probably not the most appropriate place, but you know what? Me and my wife was preaching in the dog food aisle one time. We had the whole aisle tied up for a half hour. A half hour in a particular store we were preaching. I'm not ashamed of the gospel when the Lord said, Who shall I send? Send me. Wherever I'll go. Wherever the Lord leads me, I will go. Now we're going to argue over denominational doctrines. Things that have nothing to do with salvation. Here's the key. Are you saved? Are you truly saved? There's a word right there that can answer the whole and uh, stop a whole lot of arguments over different things. I'm not going to get into that. That's another uh, sermon. But the bottom line is this. If you believe the gospel, if you believe Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, if you believe he kept, was born of a virgin and he was raised on the third day and he sits next to the Father, if you believe that truly and you are following his teachings, and teaching others to do the same in unity, iron sharpens iron, if you're doing all these things together and not hating somebody because they believe a little different than you, breathe a little different than you, breathe, whoa, believe a little different than you. 
I'll be glad to get my tooth. <laughs> it, you can't roll words sometimes when you, they take a tooth from you, but listen. But, but we need to believe the gospel, and we can't just give everybody a feel-good pass because they walk to the altar. You'll hear me say it over and over again because I don't want anyone to go to hell. I don't want anybody to think that they're saved because of some falsehood they've been told that all they have to do is say, I love Jesus, and never go back to church again, and they're going to heaven. Jesus said... I love those that do my commands. If you're not doing what Jesus says, if you're still drinking, the Bible says drunkards won't, if you're a drunkard, the Bible says drunkards won't go to heaven. The Bible says fornicators and adulterers won't go to heaven. So I don't care what you told somebody at the front of a church. If you did that and you're still doing that, you were not truly saved. But if we're working together in love and unity, we're going to reach out to you and say, Hey, you know what, brother? Hey, you know what, sister? That walk you took was probably good. You probably burned two or three calories. But you need to get on your knees and ask God to take these, these demons off of you that's causing you to drink, to fornicate, to commit adultery, to watch pornography, to lie, to steal, to murder, to kill. Because if you lie, if you lie about your brother or you hate your brother, you've murdered your brother. So that's what the Bible says. That ain't what Rusty says. You got to come out of sin. You got to come out of the world. You got to come out of. You got to die the flesh and live again. And we can do this in unity, but we got to quit being afraid of what the Lord's saying. We're supposed to fear the Lord because that's the beginning of knowledge. We should fear the Lord because He does not send us to hell. We do, but we should fear him because we need to learn these things. The Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fall on your knees and acknowledge what the Lord, what Pat, Jonathan Edwards said that he holds you over the lake of fire. And the only thing that keeps you from being dropped in is his mercy and grace. Call on him today. And tell him. And look, if you know somebody that's hanging by that thread, in love, reach out to them. Not in, I'm better than you. I'm not going to. Listen, we got to reach out in love to one another. We got to reach out and tell each other. And when somebody tells you, offers you a hand, don't bite it off. If they reach down to help you up, don't smack them. They're trying to help you. I'm not going to preach feel-good sermons just to get people to watch me or to come and see me where I preach. I'm going to preach the Word. I'm going to be instant in season and out of season. I will reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all long-suffering and sound doctrine. Come on. But we do it with love. Avoid foolish questions. What else does the devil do? He gives you rules and guidelines. You can't, and you got to do this to come in this church. Oh, you can't come in here dressed like that. Oh, you can't do this here. You can't do that here. People leave, and they get a bad taste in their mouth, and they won't go to any church. They won't go to any place of worship because they think we're all the same. They will know the song we just played. They will know we are Christians, not by our correction, but by our love. They will know we are Christians, not because we're better than them, but by our love. When they see two Christians together, they're going to, they should see the, the, the love of God shining off of both of them. How else? 
man-made doctrines and, 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 and guidelines that have nothing to do at all with the good news or salvation. People complain about they get in arguments and the devil says you should tithe, you shouldn't tithe. Whatever you believe, if you believe you should, he says you shouldn't. If you believe you shouldn't, he says you should. He gets in there and he starts twisting on your head. Listen, my thing is this. The life I live, the way I've lived my life, where I'm going to go and spend eternity with heaven, I cannot play the Lord enough for what his son done for me. There is no amount I could put on that. There is no amount I can put on what what the Lord has done. But I know I will live for eternity. People pay thousands of dollars for pills and drugs and things to buy health on this earth. But they won't pay a preacher $2 that's offering them a chance to get everlasting life. How we worship. Oh, they stand up and they raise their hands and they scream and they shout. Oh, they laid on the floor. That guy walked into church and he was supposed to be praying. People was laid out. Good. If they're in the presence of God and it makes them, who cares? Who cares? Oh, they praise God too loud, man. They yell and scream and shatter the windows. The music they listen to is not of today. That music of today, it's no good. I read a thing where somebody asked Billy Graham that same question. said, what do you think of this new music? And he basically said probably the same thing that people thought 100 years ago when new music was coming out. Listen, as long as it, as long as it lines up with the Bible and scriptural, and listen, it's going to bring people in and the youth of the future. we got to reach out to the young. We can't forget about the old. Please don't forget about me. We can't forget about the old. But we got to reach out to the young. And we got to reach out and we got to tell them about Jesus Christ. Listen, the, 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 their parents ain't telling them in some cases. So if their parents ain't telling them, we got to tell them. Because the devil will surely tell them. He's going to show them like he did a 16-year-old boy how wonderful life is when you don't have rules. How wonderful life is when you can stop going to church. How wonderful life is when you don't listen to your mother because your father's passed away. And he's going to show you this beautiful world of, of sex, drugs, and rock and roll. He's going to let you let grow your hair long and go out and party. You know, listen, don't work. we got to reach the young people. If we got to change a little bit of our style of music, that's okay. If we got to preach in a pair of jeans, that's okay. If it makes them feel comfortable, but we don't make the Bible, you don't make the Word of God make them feel comfortable. You preach the same truth. You preach the same gospel. You preach it with love, but you preach it with truth. You preach there is a heaven to gain, an eternal life, but you preach that fire of hell and the consequences of sin just with that same love. Because I will... Uh, I think it was Spurgeon that said he would wipe his arms around people. He would he, he would love to wrap his arms for the last sinner and try to drag them out of the mouth of hell. That's how I feel. I don't want anyone to perish and burn. I don't want to give that devil one soul. See, I used to blame the Lord for my father and mother passing away. Everybody said, well, it was their time to go. God didn't give my father the cancer. 
cancer is not from God. God did not give my mother a heart attack. I know who did. He ain't getting nobody else I love. Uh -uh. I'll preach. I'll preach it gospel. I'm going to preach it with love. I'm going to preach it with love because I'm going to tell you, I'm sure if my mother was alive today, she would rather see me here doing what I'm doing right now than what she knew I was doing the day she passed away. That's another story. Romans 12, 16 says, Be of one of the same mind one toward another. We need to start focusing on one thing and one thing alone. The cross, what it represents. Jesus Christ and the resurrection. See, the resurrection, we got Easter coming up. I'm going to be preaching that morning, on Easter morning, and I, and I, and I Lord's already laid it on my heart because I'm going to tell you about the miracles of the cross, but the resurrection, without the resurrection, read your Bible, it'll tell you. Resurrection is the finishing piece to salvation. Had Jesus not been resurrected? Ooh, think about that. Romans 15, 5 through 6. To be like-minded one toward another according to Christ. One mind and one mouth. Glorifying God. It doesn't matter if you glorify Him with a southern accent. It doesn't matter if you glorify him with a foreign accent, an English accent, an Australian accent. It doesn't matter if you, if you can't hardly talk and you mumble. You can glorify him with a tooth missing and your words don't come out real pretty. You can, you can glorify him if you're not the most articulate speaker in the world. But I glorify God in everything I do because I love the Lord Jesus Christ. Because he lifted me higher than I should have ever been allowed to be lifted. 1 Corinthians 1.10 says, By the name of, your, of our Lord Jesus Christ, all speak the same thing. Come on, it's all about Jesus. That's what I keep preaching for the last six years in this ministry. That's what I've been saying. It's all about Jesus. Whether you've got long hair, short hair, wear a skirt, wear pants, it's all about Jesus, whether a man's behind the pulpit preaching or a woman. It's all about Jesus, and that's what we need to know, is it's all about Jesus Christ, and we need to love on one another the way that Christ loved the church, and he's coming back to get his bride, and he wants us to be a loving bride. Not a whore bride. He wants us to be a loving bride. Not like Gomer and Hosea. He wants us to come back. He wants to come and get his blood without spot or blemish. Come on. He's coming back to get the people. And he wants us ready. And he wants us to love one another. Because I want to tell you, there's no room for hating one another in heaven. There's no room for unforgiveness in heaven. There's no room for any of that in heaven. When he comes back, he's not bringing a cloud, a crowd, a cloud for this group and a cloud for that group. We're all one in the body of Christ. Come on, people. All speak the same thing, that there be no division among you, but ye be perfectly joined together. The cowboy preacher and the three-piece suit, suit preacher can be holding hands. The female preacher and 
and a male preacher can be standing side by side talking. We can all be together no matter what country we're from as long as it's all about Jesus Christ and we're doing it in love. He says perfectly joined together the same mind and the same judgment because we will all be judged the same. No matter what your church doctrine says, the Bible says we will all be judged. Everything we do will be brought to light. So don't think just because you've got a certain doctrine that you're going to pass that part. No, you will stand at the judgment seat of Christ. You will stand there and he will judge you for all the works you, all the works you did, good and bad. And then he'll give you crowns for what you do that you've earned, and you'll cast them at his feet. Come on. 2 Corinthians 13, 11 says, Be perfect, be, be of God. Comfort be, comfort be of one mind. Perfect be of God. Comfort be of God, one mind. Whew. Ephesians 4, 16. I just read it earlier, but I'm going to read it again. For from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working of the measure of every part, making increase of the body into the edifying of itself in love. In love. That's what it's all about, people. It's all about love. It's about Jesus. About Jesus. Ephesians 4 1 said, And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and some teachers for the perfecting of the saints and for the work, work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. The fivefold ministry working together for the body of Christ. And it goes on to say, at the beginning, the prisoner of the Lord beseech you. With all loneliness, endeavoring to keep the unity in the spirit and bound and in peace, there is one body, one body, even as you are called in your hope of your calling. What is your calling? What are you called to do? And you know, even there, the devil tries to get in. No matter what you have, listen, a title's a title. But if you, the Lord gave you that title, don't be ashamed of it. If he's called you an apostle, a prophet, an evangelist, a preacher, a teacher, it's your title. It's, what, it's not what you've earned to the school. If the Lord called you to be that, but yet you have the denomination saying, oh, you can't be this or you can't be that or you can't be that. I'm a son of God. Tell me I can't be that. Then you're going against the Bible. See, Paul says, and this is one of my favorite verses. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, 9 through 11, he says, For I am the least of the apostles. They doubted that Paul was an apostle even. That I am not meet to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. I'm not worthy to be called a preacher. I'm not worthy to be called any of those apostle, prophet, evangelist, preacher, or teacher. And I've been called a couple of them. But the thing is, I persecuted the church. I left the church. I left God. I turned my back and was living for the sin. But by the grace of God, Paul says it, and so do I. 
But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of, of God, which is in me. See, I can't say I labored more than another preacher or pastor, but I've studied hard. I've studied hard. Over the years, I've studied. I've taken courses. I've taken classes. I've got diplomas. I've did this. I've got ordinations. I've did it all. But you know what? I did it all for God, not to build me up. I did it all for God, not to make Pleasant Valley Ministry something. Listen, I don't care. Listen, I have invited people to preach at our church. They come and they preach. They preach at my churches in Virginia. They came. Listen, we're friends and all this. Some of them don't agree with everything that I do. Some of them don't agree with everything each other does. I don't agree with everything everybody does. But you know what? This next verse ties it all together. But we all need to practice what we preach. We all need to practice what we preach. Listen to this next verse. It says, Therefore, whether it were I or they, so we preach, so ye believe. As long as it's the gospel of Jesus Christ, the true word of the living God, as long as it's about salvation and as long as you're trying to lead people to Christ by preaching the truth, it doesn't matter if you've got a little bit different way of doing it. As long as it's the truth. As long as it doesn't go against Jesus. Because Jesus says in Matthew 12, 30, He that is not with me is against me. But he also says in Luke 49, 49, when John said, Master, we saw some cast out devils in your name, and because we for, 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 uh, forbid him, he, he, because he was not one of us, he was not with us. He was not a part of our tribe. He was not a part of our group. He didn't go to our church. He didn't b believe what we believe. He spoke in... He spoke in tongues. Yes, I do, because the Bible gave me the gift. I can speak in tongues. The Lord gave me that gift. It's in the Bible. Read it. But Jesus says, listen... People will disown people because of that. There's some Pentecostal churches today that have to have a special service for tongue speaking. Can't do that when the regular people hear you might scare them off. But Jesus said, Forbid him not, for he that is not against us, come on! For he that is not against us, what did it say, Craig? For he that is not against us. Is what? It's for us. <laughs> you can wake up now. For he that is not against us is for us. He that is not against us is for us. He that is not against us is for us. So we might have a little bit of difference. But as long as we're preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, as long as we're doing what the Bible says, Philippians 1.27 says, Stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. Strive together for that. That's what we're to strive together for. Philippians 2.2 2, That ye be like-minded, having the same love, 
like-minded, having the same love. Whether you're, whether you, whether you believe, agree on everything, you need to have that same love, and that is the love of Jesus Christ. And we would learn something if we would all start to accept that love of Jesus and show that love of Jesus. We're not that much difference. We're not that much difference between how we dress and how we look and where we worship and how we worship. As long as we are preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ and the true gospel. And not a watered down, lazy river gospel that's going to float you straight to hell. Being, let, let ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and one mind. Colossians 3.15 says, and, and let the peace of God rule in your heart, to which also ye are called in one body, to be ye thankful. To be ye thankful. We've got to get it together, people. We've got to stop looking at each other as the enemy. The enemy wants us to look at each other as the enemy. There's one enemy, Satan. Old Slewfoot, the serpent, Lucifer, Leviathan, any demon connected. We are in spiritual warfare. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against spirits of wickedness, darkness, witchcraft, sorcery. That's who we should be fighting against. That's who we should be praying against. And the devil is telling some people, oh, you don't have to pray against that stuff. Oh, it's okay. It's cute. It's just a, uh, a movie on Hollywood. It's okay. It's just, a, it's just a book. It's just this. Listen, you're letting uh, opening up a, a, a crack to let the devil in. I'm saying this with love because we need to stop loving on things of the world. We need to stop loving on the devil and start loving on each other. And we might have to figure out we got to give away some of the things that we're telling ourselves is okay. The devil will tell you things is okay because, see, he wants you doing what you do. So I'll say you shouldn't do that. Then you're going to get mad and go tell her, oh, he said this about me. And then she's going to go tell them, oh, don't go to that church or don't go to that place because he called that person out. And when it was really just the one person in the back room just saying, hey, you know, you ought to fly. But see, that's how the snow, and the devil just grins. He grins because all of a sudden we're doing everything the devil wants us to do. We're destroying the body of Christ. We're committing spiritual suicide, destroying the church for him. 1 Peter 3.8. We're going to finish up. Finally. That's why I'm finishing up. Because Peter said finally. He said finally it's over. Be ye all of one mind. 1 Peter 3.8. Be ye all of one mind. Not like this. Having compassion. One for another. Love as brethren. Now love this. Be ye pitiful and tender-hearted. Pitiful means tender-hearted. Be, be ye pitiful and courteous. Pitiful. It's tender-hearted. Just have a heart for everything. I said it the other night when I was preaching or somewhere. When we look at the person that we're speaking to, and whether they be sick, whether they have a sickness, 
whether they have an addiction, whether they're going through financial struggles. We need to be pitiful, tender-hearted towards that person. We need to look at that person and say, I can feel your pain. Me and my wife, we can look at the cancer victims and say, we feel your pain. We lost our parent. She lost her mother. I lost my dad to cancer. I can look at people that have died or lost their mother and took him my wife at a young age because we lost. I lost both of my parents. She lost her mom at a young age. I can look at those people. I can look at the drug addict. I've been one. My wife was into drugs, alcohol. We can look at the women that have been abused mentally, physically, any other way. Personal, personal, personal reasons we can do these things. We can look at the people that have different illnesses whether it be physical, whether it be mental, whether it be skeletal, whether it be spiritual. We've seen them all broken. But we now, we can look at them with love of Christ and understand, hey, just because you're down there don't mean you can't get up. Because we love you. And we're challenging anybody watching this today. Share this video so we can challenge more people to learn to love. To learn to walk with the love of Jesus. To learn to walk with the mind of Christ. To learn to reach out rather than to lift up rather than push down. To never take yourself so serious. Because I'm going to tell you, when you're building up that big ministry and you're building up whatever and you get up on top, remember the ones that were there to help you get there. Because you might need a handout on the way back down. See, I'm happy where I'm at in Christ. I'm happy where I'm at in the ministry because I'm just where God wants me to be. My job might not be to grow a big ministry. It's to go out to these food lines and these shopping centers and these places and tell one person at a time. It might be to have a one week, a three or four day revival here and there and invite somebody else to even speak. It's not about me. It's all about Jesus. It's not about Pleasant Valley Ministry. It's all about Jesus. I don't care about that. I put posts out. We put things out because we love people. I get the feedback from the people, and that means so much to me. It warms my heart. You know, today is the day. Play some music card. Today is the day. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, today is the day that he's reaching out with love to you, as he does every day. But today is today that you can reach out to him. Right now, you can ask him to come into your life. You can ask him to be part of your life for the rest of your life. And you can spend an eternity with him. That's more than just saying this prayer with me. I've adjusted this. I always say, if you pray this prayer with me, then it's more than that. you got to live this prayer with me. The Heavenly Father will come before you today, sinners, lost, broken. We don't know you, Lord, as our Lord and Savior. Or we thought we knew you as our Lord and Savior, but really right now we're not sure. But we want you to come into our life on this moment. Right now, in this moment, Lord, we want you to come into our life. 
We know that 2,000 years ago you shed your blood on the hill of Calvary on that cross for remission of my sins. And we know that you sat at the right hand of God. And Lord, I know that you're returning someday soon to get us. Lord, I want to serve you from now until eternity. I give myself to you right now, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, I also want you to come into the house right now and to the house of the people watching this, those that are afflicted with cancers, those that are afflicted with bad hearts, blood diseases, kidney diseases, those afflicted with any kind of arthritic problems, any kind of bone problems, anyone with broken bones, shattered bones, Lord, Anyone with eye problems, hearing problems, speaking problems, teeth problems. Lord, any problems that the devil has thrown on them, Lord, I come and I bind it and I cast it into the ocean right now. Lord, come to those that are having spiritual difficulties, struggling. Struggling because they've been led astray by someone who is telling them one thing that's not true, but yet they're hearing it from someone who loves them the truth and they don't know which way to turn. Lord, turn them towards the truth. You are the way, the truth, and the life. Lord, those that are facing financial difficulties, bless them, Lord, abundantly. Lord, touch this country as it falls into turmoil and, 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 and hate and, 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 and prejudice. And, Lord, just touch it and let us all Love one another, Lord, because the Bible calls us to love one another. Let us look across racial divides and political divides and denominational, divi denominational divides, Lord. Let us all stand as one for Jesus Christ. Let us make America gods again, Lord. Let us invite him into the country, not only into our worship centers, and into our worship houses, but invite him into every house. Invite him into the schools again that he can reach to the children. We invite you there, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray that you touch us all, Lord. Give us that knowledge that we need and show us, Lord, how to love. In Jesus' name we pray, Amen. There's no place I'd rather be than right here in his flame telling you all how much I love you. We'll be on tomorrow morning at 11 o'clock with our daily fire. God bless you. Spread this, share this, spread this. Tell somebody Jesus loves them.